Welcome to the audio ministry of Grove Park Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina. We pray you will be blessed by today's message. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Luke chapter number 24. Months, a few weeks ago when my mind left me on a Sunday morning, I could not think of the name of our vocal ensemble, and so I refer to them as Dale and the Backups. I'm thankful the backups multiplied this morning, and I can multiply more if you're interested. Is that right, Dale? So come and join them on Wednesday night. Luke 24, would you pray with me? Speak, O Lord, that your servants may hear from you today. And may find in the midst of much sorrow in this world, in the midst of much difficulty, in the midst of so much that we may all find resurrection and that we may be better enabled to show others the glorious path to resurrection. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I am an absolute master at finding lost things. And I just stood here and told you a lie. I can't find anything half the time. I can find, now some of you have been in my office and say, well, that explains a lot. I can find everything in my office when I need to. I can find everything on my desk when I need to. It's there's other things in life like ketchup in the refrigerator that I can't seem to ever find. I can't ever seem to find anything that generally is laying right in front of me And so I miss out. Eliza will say, what are you looking for? And I'll tell her what I'm looking for. And I'll say, and I've looked everywhere. And inevitably, my dear wife will name the one place that I haven't looked. Or she will show it to me right underneath my nose. You know, I feel that so many of us today are looking for resurrection. We need the newness. We need the hope that resurrection affords. And yet for so many, it is seemingly always out of sight. 
But when we talk about resurrection, we should extend the conversation further to beyond just newness and hope as though that is all that we are missing. Because we're also missing in our missing resurrection knowing more about Jesus. Paul told the church at Philippi that he wanted to know Jesus and he wanted to know him more. He wanted to know the power of his resurrections that he could experience the totality of all that Jesus experienced. And beloved, when you and I miss out on resurrection, we miss out on learning more about the totality of who Jesus is and we miss out on becoming more and more in his likeness as we are called to be. We miss out on the fact that we are supposed to become less and less and the image of Jesus in our lives is supposed to grow more and more. And so when we miss resurrection, when we treat resurrection and our search for resurrection as as nothing more than we would treat, say, the search for the ketchup in the refrigerator, we miss out on so incredibly much. So what is the reason why we miss out so often? There are a multitude. First is we give up too early. Notice verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Now, if you were to skip down to verse number 19, you'd find five verses there that would talk about the news of the day, how the women had gone to the tomb and had discovered it empty, that the stone had been rolled away, and that some of the disciples had gone likewise and found the tomb to be empty. And here are two followers of Jesus who have heard the message of the disciples, who have heard the message of, of the women. Two disciples who have spent, I don't know how much time with Jesus, but certainly they have, I feel like, have had an intense love for Jesus. And what do they do? They don't stick around to investigate more. They don't stick around to find out if it's some conspiracy afoot. They don't stick around and and seek out some more information. They don't even go, it appears, to the tomb themselves. What do they do? They say, peace out. And they head to Emmaus. Now, they may have any number of reasons why they would say that. They may say, well, we've gone to Emmaus. We got to get back. We got to go milk the cow. We, we, you know, we've, we've got some order coming. We, we've got, you know, a delivery about to happen. They can come up with any number of reasons. You and I come up with any number of reasons from time to time on why we miss out on knowing more, why we miss out on knowing the power of the resurrection, or why we miss out on why we have to leave early to know more about what is going on with God. But the truth of the matter is, beloved, God still operates on his clock. And we can't rush him. 
And because uh, finding out the information that we may want to find out does not occur at the speed and, and manner in which we think that it should occur, it doesn't mean that it's time for us to check out. If anything, it's a time for us to redouble our efforts to persist. Throughout the scriptures, we are called to persist and to endure to hold on tight to find out what it is that's going on. We check out though sometimes when it gets too hard. We check out when it gets too hurtful, when it gets too painful, when we, we feel like that, that it's at the absolute end is when we say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm always reminded of what C.S. Lewis says that we give in to temptation at the very moment when it's about to end. It's like we just can't quite put it off. Beloved, resurrection is available to us. We just can't come up with an excuse to check out early. Now, it should be noted that we cannot allow persistence to be misconstrued as stubbornness. Because, quite frankly, there are some people who are waiting around for resurrection. They are, they are waiting around for resurrection of, say, I don't know, pick your thing, black and white televisions. My great-grandfather owned a store in Richlands and, and Cokes went from a, dime, from a nickel to a dime and he stated that there was a passing fad and he was going to hold on to them keeping it at a, at a nickel. He lost his shirt. Beloved, you and I will, will get holed up on things and, and very often the things that we get when we get held up on them is because of sorrow. Look, look with me at verse number 17. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. The conversation about the resurrection with who we will soon find out is the resurrected one has caused them to just stop dead in their tracks. And they can't move beyond that point for whatever reason. Until something happens here in just a, new, a few more verses. But for us, beloved, while sorrow and shock are completely natural in life, while we do have to take time to regroup ourselves, it should never be definitive. It should never be ending. Because if it is ending, if the sorrow, if the shock, whatever it is that has caused us to be arrested in our movement is allowed to be the end, there can be no resurrection. Because it is at that moment that we need resurrection the most. And it is why if we stand, if we remain uh, fixed in the point that we are, we can never move on beyond the point to find that new resurrection that Christ offers to each of us. Another reason we miss resurrection in our lives is that we like to insulate ourselves in such a way as to exclude the unknown 
from our conversation. Look at verse number 18. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Did you notice? He said, are you the only visitor? Now, we would read visitor and we would think of it uh, in nice, calm terms, right? A visitor. Uh, like you're going to visit uh, your, your neighbor. You're going to go visit some other town. But the word here isn't visitor. It, it's beyond that. It, it, it is better defined as, are you an alien? Are you an immigrant? Are you the only outsider in all of Jerusalem who doesn't understand? They label him on the outside. Now, I confess, I am impressed with the fact that they would at least engage with Jesus. Normally, each of us, when we find an outsider, we don't want to engage with them at all. When we encounter people over the course of, of life, we don't want to engage with them at all if they just up and strike up some random conversation with us as we're walking around. We choose to narrow ourselves. When we are called, beloved, to expand ourselves with wisdom and life and, yes, resurrection and understand that it can come from any number of places that we do not expect. It is not coincidental and it is not in any way to be unexpected, I think, that these two encounter resurrection traveling on a road. It was completely unexpected maybe for them, but it is a lesson to us that as we travel through life, we should always be open to people that we're not necessarily even thinking about, people we aren't necessarily considering, people that, yes, we would believe to be outside and whether or not they can bring us resurrection because you know we'll do it for other things right we'll do it for other things I found myself in Chapel Hill the Tuesday night after the national championship and uh, I got out I was in my Carolina gear and I turned the corner, and here's a guy, and I don't know what team he's pulling for. He don't have any identifying information. For all I know, he could have been a Duke fan. And he says, boy, that was tough last night. And I said, yeah, it was. And I stopped. Any other time, I'd have kept walking right on into the Wegmans. But I stopped. And we proceeded to commiserate right there. 
We worked out how the team needed to come back. All those things. It was a bad day, but there was hope right then. In an encounter with a complete stranger. Beloved, if we're willing to engage on it on something as trivial, and yes, I did say that, trivial, as college basketball, imagine what we are missing on the greater things of life when we know that we serve a God who doesn't do anything coincidentally or accidentally, who always puts people in our place in, in, in intersections of our life. If we would just be open to what he is bringing us into conversation with. We need to be open. And therein we find another impediment to finding resurrection. It is a question for us of how open we are to the Spirit's promptings. Verse 25 and he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And then if you will skip down to verse number 32, it says, They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? <clears throat> Beloved, we have a view of the scriptures that I think is completely wrong. Some folks come to the scriptures and come to the study of scriptures and think that what they have to do every day of their life is to get the checkbox. You know the checkbox? It says, I read my Bible today. And we keep that checkbox and we make sure that we check it off so that at the end of the year we can say, we read our, my Bible. I can say, I read my Bible through the year. I read the whole Bible this year. But here's the thing, beloved. If when you engage with the scriptures, if it doesn't change you, then you have ignored the Spirit's promptings. If you think that the scripture is only available to you to console you in the midst of heartbreak, you've missed out. If you think the scripture is the thing that you should use as a club to beat people up about what they do wrong and what you do wrong, and that it is its sole purpose, you miss out. The scripture is brought to us, is inspired, it was breathed by the Spirit of God, and it is supposed to bring life into us. It is supposed to bring resurrection into us every time we encounter it. So are we open to that? Are we open to that? And, and more importantly, are we open to, to the promptings of the Spirit beyond just the scriptures? When the Spirit tells you to do this, or the Spirit tells you to do that, maybe the Spirit tells you to go up and walk to someone that you're an outsider to, and you to say, hi, how are you, in the midst of a very bad day? I've told this story before, and I can't, she was three, so I can't ask her if it was the Spirit's promptings or anything like that, but we were uh, in Franklin Square in Philadelphia, at the park there, and uh, Scarlett was three, and a woman walks in, and she's dressed from head to toe, uh, full burqa, uh, only see her eyes, that's it. 
And she comes into the park and she sits down on the bench and Scarlett, three-year-old Scarlett, who seven-year-old Scarlett is now afraid of her shadow, but three-year-old Scarlett all of a sudden walks up to this woman and says to her, Hi! The woman started crying. She told us later that most children ran from her because they were afraid of her. Don't know what impact we had that day other than that. But I do know this. She might not have been able to interpret it as much. But grace was shown. How often is it, beloved, that you and I will respond to the promptings of the Spirit to go and do and say and speak? How often is it that we will allow the Scriptures, the Scriptures, they said their hearts burned within them. And what did they do? They probably thought, if I can get to Emmaus, I'll stop by the Scotchman and get some Tums. I got some heartburn. That's what we would say. Beloved, you don't want God to take a, a, a poker and just prod you on out there. He nudges. Sometimes he takes a poker and pushes you on out there. But beloved, do you know how much resurrection you miss when you don't just follow that gentle warming of the heart and the call of the Spirit? What are you ignoring today? What are you ignoring today that can bring you to new life? And is what you are ignoring the Scripture's call to fellowship? Verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Verse 33, and they arose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Yes, beloved, there are multiple acts of fellowship going on here. There's a fellowship at the house in Emmaus. There's a fellowship when they get back to Jerusalem. But, but it, we just can't simply call it fellowship because I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't just go back to last Thursday and take a moment to point out here that what you see with him taking and blessing and breaking the bread is the same structure that he uses on Thursday. One author put it like this. This is the first, last communion. It's the fellowship of coming together. They felt it there with Jesus. They felt it when they went back and heard that he appeared unto Simon. It is gathering together to remember. Beloved, we know, we know 
how important fellowship is. We have experienced it over the last two years. And the virus is not done. We know that too. But we can't allow it whenever possible to take away our fellowship. It may mean, as we have already done, that we have to find new ways to fellowship together. Like Zoom. Like drive-by parades. But what the world needs now, in the midst of such suffering and such death, is resurrection. And so the church, the people of God, the place, the people who are the resurrection people, as we go on our way, as we travel, we have to remember, we have to remember that we are to present life and we are to then bring into the fellowship, we are to, to heed the Spirit's promptings, we aren't to, to check out quick, we're to be continuously on the move though. Can't allow ourselves to get stuck. We have to be open to the stranger. Because in all this we see there's resurrection. We may say, I've looked everywhere. So why don't you try some of these today? Because in doing so, you will find life. New life. New hope. New joy. New peace. New love. New grace. Resurrection. Let's pray. Father, help us all to seize resurrection today in our lives. Help us to seize it, Lord, and not forsake it. The world does not need unresurrected Christians talking about the resurrection. It needs Christians who have daily tuned in to resurrection and go out and say, you too can experience it. Speak, Lord. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please note our schedule has been revised as of April 2021. Please join us on Sunday mornings for worship at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary at 108 Trail 1 in Burlington or on Facebook Live. For more information and resources regarding our church, please visit groveparkchurch.net. And remember, grace abound.